I'm Jocelyn K. Gly, and this is Hurry Slowly, a podcast about pacing yourself, where I explore how you can avoid burnout, improve your productivity, and activate your creative mind, all through the simple act of slowing down. A little housekeeping before we dive into this episode. First of all, this is the last episode of season one of Hurry Slowly. And after I take a break for the summer, I will be back with a brand new season this October. If you need a fix in the meantime, please feel free to dig into the back catalog. There are 20 plus hours of content in season one, and I'm going to pop some links to a few of my favorite episodes into the show notes. My second note is that part of the reason that I'm taking a break is to give myself more time to build out an exciting new project. It's a coaching program called Reset. For those of you who want to go deeper, Reset will be like a proactive companion to this podcast, an interactive online coaching program that will show you how to set ambitious creative goals and then pace yourself to achieve them. And I'm going to be teaching it in a really fun, dynamic format that's designed to be a lot more engaging than your typical run-of-the-mill online course. Reset will be launching in January of next year, so stay tuned for more on that. Now, on to today's show. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about feedback. It's a term that comes up pretty often these days, and I feel like we tend to think of it as an unadulterated good, even though it has also become a sort of catch-all for many different types of commentary. Feedback could be a critique, feedback could be a compliment, or feedback could be a piece of advice. But we frequently don't make a distinction about what type of feedback we are offering. We just assume it's useful because, well, it's feedback, right? But not all feedback is created equal. Let me give you a few examples. A few weeks ago, in the midst of a conversation with a friend, he said to me, you're a good storyteller. It was just an offhand comment, not intended to have any particular weight. But later, when I got off the phone, I thought to myself, huh, Maybe I am a good storyteller. And this whole new vista of possibilities that I previously not considered opened up. And I thought about how powerful it is when someone recognizes a positive quality or skill that you have and tells you about it. I can clearly recall a handful of such moments in my past. Instances where a friend or teacher or an acquaintance recognized some potential in me that I was unaware of and reflected it back to me by causing a subtle shift in my awareness of what I could do, those moments changed my life. If you remember playing Super Mario Brothers as a kid, it's sort of like getting a power-up. When you eat a mushroom and it makes that cool sound and then you get bigger, all of a sudden you get this gift of energy that allows you to expand, filled with a new potential. But feedback can also have the opposite effect. About a month after launching Hurry Slowly last November, I received some unsolicited feedback from a listener who wanted to offer a critique. I'll read you the email that he sent me in full. I freaking love Hurry Slowly. I love it conceptually, and the fact that you led off with Jason Freed and Florence Williams was killer. I'm halfway through Kim Chambers, and her story resonates. You ask smart questions and follow-ups. You bob and weave nicely. In short, this has been a real joy so far. Now, I'm about to offer a criticism, so up to you whether you keep reading. I did. 
You are nice to listen to during your interviews. You are fluid and strong and pleasing to the ear. But during your introductions and supporter breaks, you fall into wicked vocal fry. It's hard to listen to. I think that you are trying to present calmly and, well, slowly for obvious reasons. But in trying to sound relaxed, you creak and croak. That's it. Hope you don't think I'm a bored guy in the basement trying to troll you. Again, you are A+, and I can't wait for more. Now, when I had originally decided that I wanted to make a podcast about a year ago, I met up with Gretchen Rubin to pick her brain. She's a veteran podcaster and an extremely successful author who's always been very generous with me. And in that conversation, she specifically told me, you will get negative comments on your voice. Just ignore them. And after I read that email, I mentally thanked her, dragged it into my trash, and I never responded. But five days later, when I went into my studio, and let me set the scene so you get the full picture, my studio is literally a coat closet padded with moving blankets, and I'm standing in front of my booth, which is a 20-gallon Tupperware container lined with egg crate foam with a mic sitting in the middle of it, and the whole thing is sitting on top of a tall cat scratcher post. It's very professional. So anyway, I go back into my studio after reading this email to record a new episode, and all of a sudden, I feel self-conscious. And then I get mad at myself for feeling self-conscious. Why was I letting this guy's criticism get to me? After all, I had received significantly more feedback from other people that they liked my radio voice. And yet, there I stood, frustrated and paralyzed, unable to feel natural recording. Since launching the show, I've often described making a podcast as the act of finding your voice in the most literal sense. And as with any moment when you're trying to find your voice or when you're fumbling about as you're trying to put something new into the world, it feels vulnerable. And the critiques you receive cut that much deeper. Now, I should be clear that this bit of feedback that I received was an anomaly. I have received hundreds of very generous and supportive emails from listeners since I started the show. So I'm not trying to make this an oh, poor me type of moment. But I think it's an instructive example of a particular type of feedback that can be quite undermining. Feedback that's offered without any real consideration for the outcome. Clearly, this guy took a decent amount of time out of his day in order to write me that email. But to what end? Did he think I was going to run out and get vocal coaching lessons? That seems like a stretch. But if that's not going to happen, what's the point? If you think about it in terms of outcomes, it seems like the best possible outcome of such a message would be to undermine my confidence. And if you think about time as a valuable commodity to be spent, one has to ask, is that really how you want to spend your precious time? Giving people feedback that undermines their confidence? Feedback that has no positive outcome? It was the designer Julie Zhu who turned me on to this concept of always framing feedback in terms of outcomes during a conversation that we had back in episode 18. And it stuck with me ever since. This idea of taking the time to think beyond the criticism to what will unfold afterwards. Considering, what do you want that person to change? And if they took your feedback on board, what would it look like? Is there any positive outcome? It's so easy to offer feedback now. We have so many channels to communicate, and we live in such an advice-driven culture that sharing your knowledge or your opinion 
has become almost reflexive. But lately, this is an area where I have been trying to go slow, to exercise more caution. As anyone who knows me can tell you, I have a sharp tongue, and I can be highly critical when I want to, both of myself and of others. But as my therapist so astutely pointed out to me recently, criticism constrains. It cuts off possibilities, whereas compliments, encouragement, and even questions expand possibilities. They open you up. So these days, when a friend or a collaborator asks me for feedback, I usually just offer encouragement, or I ask them to tell me exactly what type of feedback they want. Is there a specific thing that they want to know is working or not? Similarly, when I request feedback, I make sure to communicate exactly what I'm trying to achieve with the project and what specific details I would like their input on. This keeps the feedback focused and constructive. Because, as we all know, most learning comes from experience, not from someone telling you what to do. So if you, like me, are interested in finding the best use for your time, I think being more conscious about how we deliver feedback is part of the equation. Thinking about how we offer feedback, when we offer feedback, and maybe even if we offer it at all. Earlier in my career, I was an editor for over 15 years. And I used to joke that critiquing people's work was basically my job. But that's not the full story. The real job of an editor is to help a writer express their voice and their ideas to the fullest. And I think that that's an excellent goal for any type of feedback. Asking yourself, is this feedback going to help this person move deeper into their voice or deeper into their work or deeper into a sense of efficacy? And if the answer is no, then maybe there's a better use of your time. Or maybe you want to just slow down for a minute and as the entrepreneur Fanny Auger said in episode 16, turn your tongue seven times before you speak. Certainly, as I reflect back on the feedback that has transformed me the most as a human, it's the generous comments that have made the biggest difference. The ones that were like someone handing you a little cup of water in the middle of a marathon. It's not much, but it's those little nudges of recognition and encouragement that are all you need to keep going. As I wrap up this first season of Hurry Slowly, I would like to thank all of the wonderful people who did send me little nudges of encouragement. In person, via email, on social media, through an iTunes review. I read and appreciated all of them, and they really did help me keep the momentum going throughout this season. Not to mention helping to grow the audience at the show. I also want to extend a huge thank you to Matt Susich, who produced this episode and every other one in the first season, as well as Devin Craig Johnson, who composed our theme music and has also helped fine-tune the show's audio throughout. If you haven't already signed up for my newsletter, I will continue to share thought-provoking articles and updates on what I'm up to there throughout the summer, so sign up so we can stay in touch. You can get the details at hurryslowly.co slash newsletter. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in October.